Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, all. I'd like to welcome you to our 14th Wellness Wednesday session of Pink Slip, Taking Back Our Lives. This is our Blog Talk Radio show. We greatly appreciate that you have once again chosen our program for your listening pleasure today. So first, before we get started, please allow me to introduce myself to our newcomers. I am your host and speaker, Alethea Brown. I am also the author of Pink Slip, Diary of a Black Author, and my objectives and goals with these segments is to provide alternative solutions to all of our everyday problems. And these comments that I make on my show are based on my personal experiences as I continue these journeys with you every week as well. I don't just preach it or teach it, I live it. So these are and have been my struggles and my life's journeys too. So before we get started, I want to take a moment just to say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we really appreciate that you're tuning in for these shows, and I just want to say a great big thank you for your interest and continued support of these programs. So today's session that we were going to discuss today, we were going to do overcoming adversity, the mental and emotional baggage that it brings. And I wanted to touch base also with overcoming medical conditions when focusing on fitness wellness during your life's transitions. Uh, That's a very particular subject for me. And I also want to uh, have another session of overcoming medical conditions when focusing on fitness wellness. And we're going to redo this segment in November uh, for anyone that's really interested in it. If you have a particular illness or condition that you would like for us to get guest speakers to talk about or if you would like to share your story with us, please feel free to inbox me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Pink Slip Diary of a Black Author, um, and just inbox me your information, recommendations recommendations for a segment, and I'll be happy to follow up with you and, and try to bring someone to the to the show that can speak on it or, again, allow you to tell your story or if you want me to read your story uh, to the rest of the group, if you want to share your story, just let me know. I definitely will look forward to it. So when we're discussing overcoming adversity, overcoming adversity, I always say, can tend to be a way of life for some people. When you let the challenges in your life dictate the life you lead, then setting goals can be a constant struggle. It's like you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. And to me, personally, as I'm continually overcoming my levels of adversity, I feel that you have to build your strength mentally and physically to start seeing positive results. I think that's a must if we want to succeed. And the thing is, we had this show last week as well, when we were talking about reflections. So when you're overcoming adversity, you have to reflect on your past. you got to look back on the good, the bad, and the ugly to see where you can make changes to keep you from the cycle of overcoming the same types of adversity. So if you constantly find yourself in the same situation, then as we discussed last week, for those of you that did join in, that when you're reflecting on your past, you have to be honest with yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, who are you going to be honest with? So you got to look back and say, okay, I've been here before. I have traveled this road before. I don't want to do it anymore. But reflect on when you traveled that road before. What did you do? Maybe you made a right when you should have taken a left. So you want to look back on it. 
have to be honest with yourself, accept responsibility for the mistakes that we all make. And I'm the first one to admit, now look at a situation, and I realize, you know, is hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, I could have handled that situation maybe a little better. You know, I probably could have, I probably did things that per- perpetuated my circumstance, which means that because of some of the decisions I chose to make, then the struggle lasted longer than it may have had to. And that's when we want to reflect when we're coming over, you know, overcoming adversity. And that's what I mean by the mental baggage. Because inside, we all carry a level of guilt. We want to convince ourselves that this is something else, something external is causing our issue. You know, and sometimes it can be. Like for me, my biggest issue, the struggles that I've been going through and, and rebuilding my life, it was the economic downturn. I mean, none of us could do anything about that. You know, but once I got in that situation, you work through different levels. At some point, I was in denial. And my biggest thing is I was at the height of my career, and I really just did not think I was going to be unemployed for a long time. I'm like, somebody's as skilled as me, I'm not going to be out of a job for a long time. I had never, ever at that point been laid off from a job. Never in my life have I been laid off from a job. So technically I had never been unemployed by circumstance. I, you know, took time off when I had my daughter. I didn't want to work. But other than that, I'd never been unemployed, and especially not for two years. Like, I just didn't even see that coming. And I look back at some of the circumstances, um, things that I did. I, You know, I constantly talk about financial stability. I do budget workshops for women at homeless shelter programs. And when I had to reflect on my issue when I was dealing with homelessness, um, I learned the hard way that, well, apartment complexes don't consider unemployment income. And I had the savings to maintain. I just wasn't realistic about my circumstance. And I continued to live at the income level that I had, not really accounting for the fact that this is an unemployment check and what you're getting monthly is barely close to what you was getting weekly. And so in that respect, I was in denial. And because of that, I didn't make wise decisions about my money. And that perpetuated my circumstances. Then when I realized I couldn't get another apartment and my daughter and I were forced to, you can't say forced because there were some other circumstances or other options we could have, but I chose to live in a hotel. However, being the sort of a bit of a snob that I, I guess people probably would say that I was, I didn't opt to stay in the cheapest hotels. I was staying in a hotel that was almost costing me $100 a day. And so I was literally spending overdraft protection, credit cards, you know, 2000 a week to stay in these hotels um, because I just wasn't being realistic about my circumstances, about my finances, about my employment opportunities. I just was blindsided and in denial. And when we hit rock bottom, thank you, Congress, um, and my long-term unemployment ran out, and, well, if I'm living in a hotel and, 
you know, I'm living unemployment check to unemployment check. When it ran out, I had no choice but to downsize to a homeless shelter for myself and for my daughter. And I then had to accept responsibility for I could have prevented us, one, for being as homeless as long as we were. I could have chosen to go to a different neighborhood um, to live in that would have allowed me to live there and considered my unemployment income, but I refused to move too far from where we were living. And so there was all these different circumstances. So when I say overcoming adversity and the mental baggage, that was my mental baggage because once we started rebuilding our lives, my daughter, you know, I wanted her to tell me how she was feeling. You know, she looked back on some circumstances and, you know, she told me something that just totally blew me away. She was like, Mommy, you just didn't seem like yourself. You you, you didn't seem as strong and confident about something. Like there were people telling us we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that. And she's like, I just never seen you accept it and say okay and then not do anything about it. And she was right. I had to look at it and say, yeah, God, I did act like that. But I had fallen into this mode. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed that we were living that way. You know, I didn't reach out to friends. Um, I didn't really reach out to family. There weren't that many people in my family. People in my family didn't even know I was homeless until I wasn't homeless anymore because I really didn't tell anybody. I was ashamed of my circumstances. I had one good friend who was there for me without me ever having to ask her. And that's why I love that quote that in prosperity, our friends know who we are, but in adversity, we know who our friends are. And that it rings so true and so loud. And it is really just like my whole motto, that it's my whole mantra that solidifies what friendship should be, what you need to be looking at, the type of people that you have in your life, because that, too, can perpetuate your circumstances. So when we're discussing overcoming adversity, the mental and emotional baggage that it brings, be open and honest with yourself. You know, if you've been through some situations and your kids are there and you were going through it with your kids, talk to them. They need to, you know, get it all out and get things off of their chest and and just have a little family meeting, you know, kick back, make some cookies, you know, do something, and then you guys just sit and chat, and you will be amazed of how our kids know us and the things that they liked and the things that they didn't like. And we should be open to hearing how the circumstance made them feel because they need to make sure that they can remain emotionally and mentally stable too. And that's the one thing about single parents is we can't just think it's just us that's going through it. We have to acknowledge that our kids are going through it too. And we should be willing to open up the lines of communication to allow them to, you know, get their mental baggage out because it's not just us. When we have kids, our kids go through it too. They see, they know, and they should be allowed to, you know, get it out, voice their opinions um, on different things. You know, you'd be surprised what you would think your kids would tell you. 
Mommy, I can help you do this. If you had said something, I could have did this, you know. I remember one incident with my daughter, and it was I felt so bad because we were homeless her senior year of high school. And I remember she came home one day, and she said, Mommy, don't be mad at me, but there was another girl at school today, and her parents are laid off too, and um, she had no money for lunch, and I hadn't seen her eat lunch, you know, in school all week, so she gave her her money to let her eat. And as I learned, there were a lot of kids at her school who was having the same circumstances, going through the same type of problems we were, and these kids were helping each other the same way that we as adults sometimes do or should help each other. So definitely, if you're going through changes, know your kids are going through them too, and open the lines of communication so they can get their mental baggage off their shoulders. And I'm telling you, it makes for a peaceful home. And honestly, if you're a parent, you're never finding a peace coming out of adversity if your kids are still struggling with whatever circumstance. You know, I never realized it so much as until I grew up and I look back on some circumstances my mom went through and how those circumstances affected me and we never discussed them. So I think it's imperative that when you're overcoming adversity, if you're a parent, specifically if you're a single parent, you got to open the lines of communication with your kids because they're overcoming it too. And they have their mental baggage, and they, they need not to carry the load of the world on their shoulders. That's not what we brought them in this world to do. And so we got to remember that, and, you know, we got to reach out to them when we're coming. So um, unfortunately, you know, as single parents, it's not always about us. So you definitely want to open those lines of communication, you know, with all the troubles that I've had in my life and all the obstacles, you know, sometimes... There are two results. It's either going to strengthen you or it's going to weaken you further. And now, in all honesty, you determine which one it's going to be. It's like you have to look at your circumstance and say, this is not going to beat me. And then you have to look, and if you believe in, you know, you're a spiritual being and you believe, you're going to tell yourself, I know God has a better plan for me than this. You know, a lot of people say walk by faith, not by sight. In all honesty, sometimes you get knocked down to the point the only way you can walk is by faith and not by sight. So circumstances, they can strengthen you or they can weaken you further. But you may not even realize it when it happens, but sometimes getting knocked down is the best thing in the world for you because sometimes we get too far up there. You know, sometimes the path you're taking, that's not the road that was made for you. And so I look at it, too. You know, I, I don't believe that certain sufferings are in vain. And because of that, i got to know there's a reason for it. And I look back at all that I've gone through, and, and I, I feel, you know, blessed that I can share my stories with you all every week in hopes that I am helping someone else you know, go through those. So my struggles weren't in vain. And I believe that someone is benefiting from me sharing my story, um, giving you, you know, my solutions to everyday problems. So I feel fortunate in that. And I can look back now and say, yeah, you know, there are some things that I would change, but it's made me such a different, and I dare say better, but it has. It really has 
I feel, made me a better person, not only for myself, but for my daughter and what is teaching her, what she sees now, what she understands that's valued in life. And I think that's important, too, that our kids learn from that, especially if you're struggling um, with poverty or homelessness or anything of that nature. If you're jumping back from that, then, you know, you definitely want to open the lines of communications with your kids and and work on your circle. Just, you know, don't be your own worst enemy when you're being challenged with certain situations. Don't try to take the world, the load of the world on your shoulders. You don't want to do that. If you have an outlet, a friend, or someone you can talk to, do it. The more you keep in, the harder it gets to find a way to get it all out. You know, lessen your suffering by refusing to just linger on certain difficulties or even worse is like, okay, well, if I did this, I'm probably going to happen again, and then you're expecting something to happen. And so you got the optimism and the pessimism, and if you're constantly pessimistic that you are just uh, something's always bad is going to happen to you, well, then you're not thinking about trying to make things better in your life because you're just sitting there waiting for something bad to happen so you can tell yourself, I told you so. Because other than that, I don't see any other reason why someone would do that. But sometimes we do. We get caught in this fog, you know, and that's where you have to look at the choices that you make and understand how they're dictating the life that you're leading. You know, we sometimes are our own worst enemy. We sit there and we just look at all this stuff and we figure that's just the way it's going to be. Ain't nothing I can do about it. And in all honesty, there is. It's mind over matter. You have to tell yourself, I am done with this. You need to make the plan that you want for changes in your life. I say every week, I am the checklist queen, checklist, checklist, checklist. If you're going to set goals to change your life around, you need to set your checklist. You need to know every day. You need to remind yourself every day. I give you guys affirmations every week. You know, say it to yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. I say it when I'm in the shower. I say it when I'm getting dressed because I will how I want to have my mentality that day. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to focus on, and I'm not going to let anything slow me down. And that's what we got to tell ourselves every day. It is never too late to change your circumstances around. Never, never too late to change your circumstances around. And I believe that because I've lived that. And we all have to convince ourselves. You know, successfully overcoming adversity is essential for a healthy life, you know, you have so much stress and strain going on when you're dealing with so many different situations and issues. You know, nothing you can can do, say, think, or feel is ever going to change anything in the past. Might as well get over it, right? So wallowing in feelings of guilt, regret, or despair, they're not going to really diminish the present, but they can compromise the future. So it's... For a lot of us, I know it's difficult to accept unpleasant events, but they've already occurred. You've already been through it. Look at 
some things that you can change on it and move forward. The goal is to adjust your outlook to enable you to function and move ahead. Adverse reactions are not unusual. Sometimes when you're faced with adversity, feelings of denial, which I've talked about, some people actually can get physically sick from it, and they don't even realize it. I have always told people, I don't stress. I don't have time to stress. You know, I'm a single mom. When I go home, my daughter want to hear about my crap. She wants me to cook dinner, help her with her homework, and keep on rolling. You know, so I don't stress. I have to do my job, and I have to be better at it than anyone else is because I want to make my money and I want to grow and I want to move up. So I always say I didn't stress. Well, my doctor said you do stress. You stress internally, and your body is breaking down because of it. So that's where I have when we were talking about talking about chronic conditions when you're trying to do physical wellness. I have fibromyalgia. And I've spoken of this through some of my other shows, but tonight I'm actually going to do a little something different. And I'm going to do this show again, like I said, in November, and I'm going to bring on some guest speakers too. But I know there are a lot of people out there that at this point in time, you may already know someone that has fibromyalgia, and some of you may think, oh, my God, this person complains. They're always feeling this way. They're always feeling that way. I'm going to give you a description of what fibromyalgia is to 98% of the people who have it. And the description that I'm going to give you is about the mildest form of fibromyalgia that anyone can have. So I want you to listen to me very closely. This is what fibromyalgia is. Have you ever had a flu? And I mean one of those real bad flus when your body just aches all over for no good reason. If you're nodding yes, good. Keep that thought. You've had the worst flu of your life. Your body's aching all over and nothing is making it stop. So this is how you're feeling. Next, have you ever had one of those chally horse spasm cramps in the back of your leg, the calf of your leg or something? If you're nodding your head in conjunction, yes, again, well, now take that. Here you are. Your body is aching and and just all over from the worst flu you've ever had in your life. And on top of that, you're getting these Charlie horse, what they call spasm cramps, not in one leg, both legs, in your shoulders and in your back. Okay. So now you got the worst flu, your body's aching all over, and now you're getting these muscle spasm, sharp pains in your back, your legs, your shoulders, and sometimes in your neck, and sometimes in your toes. So you got that achy flu all over, and now you got these spasms. That is fibromyalgia for 98% of the people who have it every day of their life for the rest of their life. That's what living with fibromyalgia does to us at the minimum is what people go through when they have fibromyalgia. One of my girlfriends found out the medication that I take for my fibromyalgia. She was like, girl, you didn't tell me you felt that bad. I said, girl, if I came in here every day telling you how bad I hurt all over and stuff, you wouldn't even want to talk to me anymore. 
And I can almost guarantee you there's somebody listening to this show today that has a friend that they thought was just whining and complaining too much about her fibromyalgia, but it's not. It is called the invisible pain because the pain that we have, it doesn't show up on an X-ray. When you have fibromyalgia, my daughter, I've taught my daughter to be loving, caring, and affectionate, and she loves to hug me and squeeze me, and I love it so much. And do you know that receiving a hug from my child causes me pain? When she touches me and wraps her arms around me, it causes me pain. And now you think about that. A mother loves her child to death and accepting hugs causes pain. Because the simple little things, like you ever had somebody just talk to you and they laugh and then they hit your arm? Well, when someone does that to me, that one tap causes me pain in that area of my body for at least an hour or two. Our nerves are so overactive, the least little thing can cause us pain. There is a top list of 100 types of foods that we are recommended not to eat because those foods have pain-causing agents in them. The first time I saw the list, I was in physical therapy. It was a pain management program my doctor sent me to. And I'm going down the list, and I'm like, seriously, I can't even eat a hot dog now? Oh, come on, pizza too? There are so many different things. When you have chronic conditions um, like fibromyalgia, even MS or lupus, You know, there's just a lot of things that can trigger the onset. And what triggered mine was all of my stress was internalized. And because of it, my body broke down, and fibromyalgia is what I had to live with now because of it. So I understand the challenges as far as fitness. You know, Jeff White, um, you guys that listen regularly know he's generally my guest speaker for fitness. Um, He's not able to join us tonight, but um, Jeff and I have talked about my condition, and I always speak with my physician about different things I want to try, So especially with because I'm still on that 30-day weight loss goal um, that I'm going, and I actually had to go to the doctor this week. So my goal, for those of you that are finding out about this a little later, may have not attended the shows in September is I put a 30-day challenge out there because I have a doctor's appointment actually in another week or so, um, and I wanted to lose 12 pounds, 12 to 15 pounds before that visit. But something came up, and I had to visit a doctor this week. I still have to go in another week and a half. But I was happy that I went because I found out that I've already lost seven of the 12 to 15 pounds that I wanted to lose, I'm almost there. So I'm hoping at least in the next uh, couple days I'll still lose another three or four pounds. But I'm proud and happy that I am losing weight. And right now, honestly, all I've been doing, I wanted to do the Weight Watchers plan. Things have gotten busy with me at work. And, you know, you all have these same issues too. Uh, Sometimes, unfortunately, my job keeps me kind of busy. I'm a project manager. And so some days I have meetings all day. I literally have to pencil in a bathroom break 
And if I forget to take my fruits and stuff with me, I sometimes I go all day and I just don't even eat at all. So, but I've been trying to, you know, be more on top of making sure I get fresh fruit and all this other stuff with me at my desk for then. And so I haven't been able to keep up with the Weight Watchers meal plans because of my hectic work schedule, which I've learned is going to last all the way until the end of the month. So for the rest of the month and the rest of the 30-day challenge, because I did tell you all, yes, I know, I started sharing the meal plans for like the first 10 days, and then my work schedule got hectic, and I stopped doing the sharing the meal plans. So once I go into the second phase of the 30-day challenge for November, because I want to lose some weight before the holiday too, so my goal is I want to lose at least 20 or 30 pounds by January. So, um, and then with Thanksgiving coming up and, oh, I can taste the peach cobbler already. I know that's going to be a bit much too. So, but I'm going to definitely try to stick with the Weight Watchers plan for November. So I will get back onto the 30-day plan with the meal plans, and I'll be sharing the meal plans with you guys again. So, But I am so happy that a lot of you are trying to challenge the 30-day challenge, and I really do love hearing about your stories when you inbox me. So whenever you're ready and you want to get on the show and talk about what you've accomplished, or if you just want me to share your stories with our listeners, I'll be happy to do that too. So, But I am glad that we're all sticking with whatever meal plans that we can come up with and the fitness um, practices that we can incorporate into our dieting. So I haven't been able to go to the Y to do the um, aquatic program, which I really miss because I love it. For people with chronic pain conditions such as mine, aquatic programs are the best because, one, the pool is heated at 80 degrees at all times, and it is a, they call it a pain-free range of motion. So you get to work out all the muscles of your body, but then you don't have the aches and pains afterwards. Because for someone with a condition like mine, having, you know, some type of um, fitness expert telling me no pain, no gain, that doesn't going to work for me because I can't afford pain. I'm already in pain. So I don't need the no pain, no gain process. And the aquatic workouts, they really provide that. And it helps to tone the arms, it tones the legs, and everything too. So if you live in a city that has a YMCA or different types of um, high-end gym and you can afford to attend, I would highly recommend um, the aquatic programs. Um, The ones that they have here in my town are usually for the senior citizens, so I'm actually in the pool with a bunch of old ladies the majority of the time, and they're always asking me, baby, are you okay? So I'm like, yes, ma'am, I'm fine. But they're really good. They're really refreshing, and they don't put any excess strain on my body, which is important um, for all of us that are out there dealing with any type of health or chronic conditions, specifically the people that are having uh, chronic pain conditions, like myself, fibromyalgia, for people who have MS, people who have lupus, um, people who have sickle cell anemia too, they suffer through a lot of pain um, with the things that they go through with their conditions. So there are a lot of conditions out there that some people um, think because of their conditions it's best that they not try to incorporate some things. But one of the things that I purchased 
to use at home. As I did, like I said, I went to a pain management program, and they had this Pilates machine. Now, granted, when I first went to the pain management program and they had me doing all these different exercises, at one point I looked at the lady and I asked her, is this legal? Like, are you really supposed to do stuff like this to my body? But when she put me on the Pilates machine, it was, you know, different, but... If you really want to just have something that can help tone, it's just like yoga, except for you have the bands that help you stretch your arms, help you stretch your legs, and all this other stuff, and you're not aching, you're not sore, anything from it. And so if you have it, um, I would highly recommend getting that if you, you know, and it adds to the flexibility because along with fibromyalgia, I also suffer from rheumatoid arthritis, and so I really love the Pilates. Um, Jeff and I talked a couple of shows back about yoga, and I'm honestly going to try one yoga class soon at the Y as soon as my work schedule settles down a little bit more. So these are some of the things that I do when I'm trying to, you know, I'm still trying to overcome my medical conditions when I'm focusing on my fitness wellness. So in like I tell you guys every week, these are my life's transitions. I'm really going through all this stuff um, with you. you know, I'm, I've learned so much the past three years that I've been working to rebuild my life. And it is an absolute joy and pleasure to be able to share these with you every week. And I love it when you guys inbox me on Facebook and let me know, you know, how it's benefiting you the different posts that I put out there you guys enjoy, I really enjoy that, that I am actually able to make a difference for you as while I'm making a difference for myself. So those are the different things we wanted to talk about. I mean, every situation and everything is, everybody's situation is different, I think basically good. Um, there are... Lessons to be learned in all that we do, in everything that we do. And a lot of people always say reasons and seasons. When you're talking about overcoming adversity, that's exactly what it is. One of the things that I saw when I was uh, working on my book, because I'm sure most of you probably know by now, but Pink Slip, Diary of a Black Author, is my story, my motivational memoir, as you would have it. And I'm actually releasing that book at the end of this month, so I'm hoping you guys are going to enjoy it when it's released. But one of the things in one of the chapters I put up there, and I remember, don't ask me why I'm flashing back to Don King, but the word fortitude. And I was like, yeah, fortitude. And I looked it up. So it's like fortitude, what is it? Where can I get it? And once I get it, how do I keep it? So fortitude is this. Fortitude is defined as mental and emotional strength in facing difficulty and adversity with firmness, strength, and courage. And I said, that is me. And if it's not me, it's going to be me. So the word that I'm leaving with you tonight is fortitude. What is it? Where can you get it? 
And once you get it, how do you keep it? Well, fortitude is just that. It is mental and emotional strength and facing difficulty and adversity. And you need to be firm with yourself. You need to have that inner strength. We talk about transitions and courage. Strength, courage, and wisdom. We all have it in us. And you look down deep inside of yourself, you'll find it. So fortitude, what is it? It is the inner strength that only you can build. Where can you get it? Deep inside, mind, body, and soul. And then once you get it, how do you keep it? You keep it because you continue to walk that path to transition your life, to live your best life, to live your dreams, to go on and be the person that you know that you are capable of being, that you want to be, and that you will be. Only you can dictate when, where, and how. So as you start reflecting, say that to yourself, fortitude. What is it? Where can I get it? And once I get it, how do I keep it? And when you figure it out, it is going to be so worth it. And you look in your mirror and say, I knew I could do it. And I will say to you, yes, you can. You can do it. You can make the changes that you want in your life. No one else can do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Transition your life. Reflect on the changes that you need to make to keep from repeating the same mistakes, to keep from walking in the same circles. We all have to overcome some level of adversity in our lives. But don't let what you've lived through dictate who you are going to be as you continue to live. You can get it. Reflect on it. Learn from your mistakes. Blow it off. Keep moving forward. We can't keep thinking about anyone or any circumstance that put us in whatever situation we're trying to get out of. Is that Look, you've been there and you've done that. You get over it, you move on. It's as simple as that. We have to get over it. If you keep harping on it, what are you proving? Other than the fact that you want to go back and try to say something or somebody kept you from doing something. And technically, they didn't. You allowed them to. You did it. So now you need to move on. Reflect. Set responsibility for the mistakes that you make and move forward. If you keep repeating the same mistakes, you won't move forward. So you have to be honest with yourself. Like I always say, if you're not going to be honest with yourself, who can you be honest with? So transition to the end of you and get your fortitude. I know it's in you. Because as I always tell you guys, the only way anyone can move forward is through change. You need to embrace a new way of doing and thinking. And that's how you have to tell yourself. Put it on your list. You are transitioning to the end of you that you want to be. And the only way you can do it, the only way you can move forward is through change. 
Embrace a new way of doing and thinking. Make your checklist. Keep your affirmations. Focus on what matters. What matters for you to live your best life, to live your dream. That's what we all want to do. And we all can do. So I always tell you guys, choose to reinforce your mind positively. Choose an empowering attitude. Choose to overcome any unwanted obstacles. Choose to approach the change you need to make in your life with optimism. No negativity. You're not going to talk yourself out of it before you get started. You know, choose to make each day better. It's one step at a time, one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time. And before you know it, the years have gone by. You're living your best life and you're living your dreams. So when we're diverted by adversity, we accept that errors are inevitable. We figure out a way to adjust them, and we move forward. It's the only thing that we can do if we want to embark on a new future. So in closing tonight, for all of those of you that are missing Jeff, I'll remind you that normally when we do touch bases on the fitness, physical wellness, um, Jeff White, who is our resident fitness expert. And you guys can always find Jeff at jwfitnesssolutions.com, and he's also on Facebook at jwfitnesssolutions. Set your goals. Ask yourself if you what you're really trying to accomplish. And remember, as we always say, if you're going to incorporate any type of fitness in, into your life, it's got to be a lifestyle change. You know, be it weight loss or just just being physically fit, wanting to do some uh, workouts, anything like that, it is a lifestyle change. It can't be anything just fly by night. That's the only way you'll succeed at it. Always check with your doctor. If you want to do some consults about the type of foods that you eat, check with a nutritionist if your insurance will provide it. And I always recommend a Weight Watchers program. It is the best best lifestyle change program out there for eating, for for dieting. You know, if you're going to do any workouts, try it, 7, 10 minutes a day. It really can make a difference. Do 7 to 10 minutes a day until you can work your way up to the 30 minutes a day. Everything is step by step. Don't try to take on too too much more than you know you can because that's when we give up and, you know, we talk ourselves out. So, so you won't discourage yourself. Just take it one step at a time, you know, and just remind yourself, you know, it is a huge accomplishment to maintain your daily and weekly tasks. So you just make your list, even if there's only three days, three things on your list this week. That's fine. It's your list. It is nobody's business what's on your list but you. And if you're happy with the three things on your list and you know you can accomplish them and maintain them before you add the fourth thing to your list, then good, you're on your path. 
you're transitioning to the inner you that you want to be, and you're doing it three steps at a time. That's it. You don't have to do the seven steps. You don't have to do the 12 steps. You know, whatever is on your list that's going to make you happier about who you are and the way that you're living is all that matters. So if I'm doing seven steps and you find that two is going to get you where you want to go, be consistent with your two. That's all you got to do to be true to yourself, to live your dream. Whatever two is on your list, be consistent with it. The consistency is what's going to make the changes in your life. And that's all that we can do. So, as always, my final note to you, I urge you, follow your dreams and live your best life. Until next week, thank you for joining us on this journey. And don't forget, next week is our Single Parent Week, and we have some special guest speakers for you. Next week is going to be absolutely eventful. And we'll be sending notices out on Facebook and on Twitter, so we look forward to you joining us again next week. Thank you so much. Have a good evening.